Take your Bibles tonight and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. I'll be there as a starting point in just a moment. Sunday I had an abbreviated Father's Day message and uh, <clears throat> my voice would sustain a long one, you know, so without the, the PA system and I, of course, I want to be uh, thoughtful and timely. With, it was getting hot in here. Uh, but I, I want to go back to a thought I mentioned and the title of the message tonight is Being Good at Being a Man. And I'm really going to have this thought about fathers and their sons, but I, I think conversely, most of you could do um, the switching of, you know, making this principle apply in application for uh, ladies and daughters as well. So I, I'm going to go back and hit a thought there. So if you would stand with me, we'll read one verse together. I'll reference several others. And then um, let me give this caveat. The Apostle Paul at times said um, something to this effect, the Lord's not saying this, but I am. You know what I'm talking about? And so this message is a little bit like that. I'm going to share some of my opinions and thoughts. I, I think I have a biblical thought here, a principle, but um, you take it the heart and the degree that you want to, but I'm going to just share some thoughts about um, training young men, and they may, may be mine or they dovetail with uh, the Bible thought, then I, I'd really be glad for that. And so, 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says this, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit, ye, or quit you like men. And the word means to act like, to be like, play the role of, of a man. And so he's saying be a man, and then he says be strong. Other Bible verses uh, allude to this idea of acting like a man. In 2 Samuel 10, verse 2, there's this idea of being strong, like a man. All throughout the book of Joshua, he's encouraged to be strong, to be very courageous, to play the role of a man. 1 Kings 2, chapter 2 says to show yourself, basically, a man, to be strong. Ephesians 5, 23 has the idea of being a leader, to be the head. 1 Corinthians 11 um, has this description of the nature of a man versus the nature of a woman. And the Bible brings to our attention, there should be a distinction between those two things. 1 Peter 3, 7 talks about, you know, that men should consider the nature of a woman. And conversely, that means he has one himself. And so um, I'm going to talk about that a little bit tonight. As the nature of a man and something that we should make sure we're depositing in our boys. So let me pray. Father, we thank you so much for the day. Lord, this time together, I pray you to make these next few moments profitable. And Lord, instructive. I, I, Lord, just really want to plant a seed tonight in hearts. Uh, Lord, something that we probably need to be more intentional about as Christian fathers and parents. And so, Lord, I, I pray you just take the intent uh, of the message tonight. And I pray to be a help. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. Well, this past Sunday was Father's Day. And uh, again, I did an abbreviated message. I don't know if you could tell with the dim lights and the heat, I was skipping pages and trying to figure out how to shorten this thing a little bit. I hope it wasn't incoherent, but I really was try trying to be thoughtful. But I, I was intending to convey the idea that being a father is important. And when a father is subtracted from a home, the Bible describes that as a very difficult situation for those who are left without the father. James chapter 1, the last verse there, says that you know, pure religion and undefiled is for Christians, and specifically Christian men, to fill in the gap. 
for those homes where a father would not be present. Because evidently the subtraction of a father or the role or the nature of a man in a home can allow for some dysfunction or some difficulty. Now, now God promises to be a father to the fatherless, but at the same time, He asks us to stand in that gap a little bit, to play that role, and to meet that need in other people's lives. I talked about being present, and dads need to make sure that they're present, that they're available, that they're a good man, that they're a moral man, and that they're a good father in terms of being a role model, and then a good husband, provide that example. Any, any man who wants to be a good father has to be a good husband. And those two things always go hand in hand. A father must engage in the, in the idea of being a mentor. Is that it's just not enough that he's in the home, but he has to be mindful and thoughtful about passing on his knowledge of masculinity, being a man, to his sons. Uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, there's what's known as the Shema, where, um, you know, this is where Israel is affirming his faith in one true God, but it goes on to tell the fathers there that talk to your sons and your daughters really in every day of life, and that you're to be helping them translate Christian faith, the way we would do it, into kids' everyday life, and, and that's important. In my reading last week, I ran across a chapter in a book that said something that really resonated with my heart. It's a thought I have tried to capture in the past in things that I have taught, um, but I feel like that it's worth repeating here and I think it's something that's lacking today. Um, I think there's a part of parenting and even Christian parenting that's lacking. It's lacking in our culture. It's lacking in our schools. It's, it's lacking in our Christian conversations. And often it's lacking in our home. And that is the idea of intentionally and positively teaching and reinforce, reinforcing the ideology and the identity of being a male and being masculine. Now, much is being said about deconstructing the differences between men and women today. There's a lot being said about that, of gender dysphoria and gender blending. And I'm not really getting into that tonight, but anyone who's paying attention, if you're not, this is what's happening is the media and the radical culture is trying to say there is no difference. Granting equality is is in the Bible. As a matter of fact, it's even in our Constitution. Um, we didn't always enforce that very well. Um, but destroying gender in favor of like a thousand genders or no gender is an abomination. Um, that is to undermine God's creative order. And, and we see that today. And and, and sometimes, so we're shy then about assuming or talking about masculinity or femininity because so many people seem to be offended by those terms. And, and not just that, the way the terms are used today. Um, there's two words that seem to go together a lot today, the word masculinity and the word toxic. Anybody ever heard those two together? Toxic masculinity. I, I hear it all the time. It's a buzz phrase. Um, and to a degree, I think, for those who have eyes open, we might uh, could understand a little bit of why people might use those phrases or those words together. Um, I don't think it's completely without reason or justification. I do think it's fair to say that some men, and even times in Christian history, men have misused and abused their God-given role 
of being the head and being a person of authority. That's fair. Um, a, a man who is authoritarian versus authoritative, a, a man who's overly commanding and sensitive, doesn't think. He's not balancing his position with love and what the Bible calls us to nurture and, and to be kind and, and to love. And, and so I, I understand the idea of toxic masculinity. But just because that exists, you know, there are people who are going to misuse a hammer. I'm not going to throw hammers away. I'm going to figure out how to use a hammer. And there's a way to be a Christian man and for a man to still be masculine and that not to be wrong or bad or evil. Uh, we do not want to lose masculinity nor femininity. We can't throw the baby out with the bathwater because the bathwater is sometimes dirty because of what people have done. Uh, that's, 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 that's overboard and it's wrong. Now, I, I could talk about those issues and, and that might raise some eyebrows and be interesting to people, but that's really not my intent tonight. Um, I'm just trying to set a context. Um, you know, we could talk about patriarchy, and I think patriarchy is something that deserves time. I think patriarchy is a privilege, and it's a position uh, that, that requires serving and loving the Lord and loving people. It's a responsibility, but we'll, we'll do that another time. Um, so, with that little bit of a critique offered, um, I, I want to talk about God's design here. And, you know, the Bible talks about that God has made us male and female. He's pretty clear about that. Again, the Bible doesn't have any dysphoria in it. There's no confusion. There's no gender blending. And again, to do that in any way is, is something to be contrary to the Bible and something that God calls abominable. So, <clears throat> with all that said, I, I think I want to go back to my original statement and premise. And I want to speak to dads and, and moms also, I guess. We as Christian fathers need to work hard not to abdicate our responsibility to teach our boys how to be good men. Not to, let me use this phrase here. They need to be good at being a man. Okay? There's a difference here I, I want to distinguish that I tried to Sunday, but I want to do a good. Uh, try it better today. Um, we need to teach boys how to be good. Now, when I say that, you know what I mean by good, right? I mean moral. I mean ethical. I mean upright. I mean blameless. I mean whatever Christian qualities that you want to put in there um, that are signed with goodness. But for the most part, those really might not be differentiated from the same qualities we might want to find in a lady. Does that make sense? Don't look at me confused. Don't we want to raise good ladies? Good women? Okay. So th that's important that we raise morally upright, good people. It's important that Christians be good in, in, in all the way you want to unfold that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about fathers have the responsibility to teach your sons how to be good or have a proficiency, have a skill set to be a man. That's what I'm saying. You understand the difference? Those are not the same thing. 
I feel like, from my vantage point, I watch lots of well-intentioned Christians spend an inordinate amount of time, and I'm not saying it's wasted or undeserved, on teaching their children to be good, all for it. But I don't necessarily see lots of fathers giving attention and time to teach their sons to be good at being a man. Okay. That's not an accusation, it's an observation. Not infusing, imparting, uh, translating masculinity to their sons. Um, let, let me flesh that out. I, I, I just want to be careful. Um, if you want your son to grow up to be a mechanic, okay, well, you need to teach him to be a good man. In other words, uh, to work hard would be a good man, right? That seems to be a good man. Uh, to have a good ethic, to get there on time, to, to, to do work the job until he's completed, um, to be honest, to be upright, not to charge more than, than, than they say they're going to. They need to be a good man to be, that's part of what's required, to be a good mechanic. But to be a, me a good mechanic, something else is required. And that is proficiency with a wrench. Right? I, I might have appreciation for your person if you look at me and say, hey, I'm a great guy. Let me fix your car. Okay. But can you fix it? Do you have the proficiency in that ability? Do you understand carburetors and, and, and the exhaust? Do you understand all these things? You know, that's also important in that role. You know, can you do those things too? In other words, you have to turn a wrench, understand machinery, combustion. You have to have a functional understanding of the tools and its application, and a good work attitude, a good work ethic and attitude as well. They go hand in hand. In the same way, um, and being a Christian, and both male and female, that requires being good. But there's also something that we should be infusing into our children that is specific to their gender. Um, identity as male or female. And, and that's what I want us to consider tonight. And I'm going to talk about boys, but you can do it to daughters. It is the job and responsibility of fathers, in part, to transfer and deposit tangible skills and key elements of manhood and masculinity to their sons. Everybody said amen. <laughs> it's lacking. And it's observable. That's lacking. Okay, I'm not being unkind. But it's observable. I'm going to say it again. It is the job and responsibility of fathers, in part, to transfer and to deposit tangible skills and key elements of masculinity and manhood to their sons. And that's in addition to being good moral Christians. Dads, we need to give our sons something more than just a generic vision for goodness. We need to give them some specialized knowledge and competencies in being a male. Okay, I, I've got blinking eyes. There was a day and time in the world when it was more agricultural and rural, a day when most men worked physically. 
There was really not other options. That these key elements were more easily imparted. But in today's world of suburban dads, where most are too tame, where we're technology-filled, comfort-oriented, ego-centered, and narcissistic, I don't think it's as easy as it once was to make a man of boys. I don't think that's just axiomatic anymore. There may have been a day and time when it was axiomatic. There was that much cultural capital that men, that boys became men. I'm not talking about gender. I'm talking about the role. I, I think minus intentionality today, that some of our boys could grow up and be uh, limited there. Now, I'm going to suggest some areas of masculinity. And by the way, this is a little bit arbitrary. And my intent is not to be exhaustive, but to make you think tonight. Where we could work on this in our sons, our grandsons, and our classes. Again, I, please, it's not exhaustive. Um, it's just to generate thinking. So I want to use a word tonight that I think maybe you'll help with this. I think part of helping boys become men in the idea of masculinity is to help them develop competencies. Competencies. And I want to focus on that word for a moment. Um, I'm going to assume that everyone knows how to teach character and virtue. And I think we're all trying to do that. But I'm talking about competency and tangible skills. Let me give you an example. I think boys need a competency in work. Work. I think more boys would benefit by having more calluses on their hands. I don't think having a callus on your hand makes you a man. Not a bit. However, I think not to ever have one <laughs> could be problematic. I think boys need to know how to work. Now, let, me, let me back up a second. I'm going I'm to go backwards. Before they do that, okay, you guys go stay with me tonight. You need to let your boys play. And play hard. And play all day. And look here, play outside. And they need to get dirty. And you need not to wipe their hands off with disinfectant every five seconds. You, you, need, you need to let them do semi-dangerous things without stopping and rescuing them. You need to let them get a bloody knuckle and a stubbed toe. You need to let them climb things, climb a tree. Can I get an amen? Amen. I'm not saying girls can and can't. That's not the point. I'm saying boys should. Is, is that, I've already defined, don't pin me down. I'm not saying all that makes him masculine. Being good is a big part of it, but these things don't hurt. Okay? Go outside and play um, and stay there. I'm thirsty. There's a water hose. And for those of you who said gross, oh, I don't want to say. 
How many of us are living testaments that water hoses can be survived? Okay, thank you very much. Um, if we, okay, I, I'm pressing, you, got with, you okay with me pressing? You all know me. We start emasculating our boys while they're still children. And I know mama's here, bless your hearts, you know, but you got to let boys be boys. They need to pick up bugs, even maybe eat a few. Um, you need not to, they're going to get hurt. Most of them survive. But if we take all the, advent, all the adventure, all the spunk, all the playhouse, um, if they're gonna, if, when they're going to fight, it's okay. You use that as a life lesson to teach, right? You, you can, don't always intervene. Bloody noses will stop. You can talk about it afterwards. You can correct behavior that was, that was wrong, aggressive, bullying. All that needs to be addressed. You follow me? But to, 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 I get myself in much trouble. Don't make them girls. It, it's okay. Don't step in, moms, and intervene every time. They'll work it out. Boys can fight and still like each other. Girls, eh, guys, yes. They can still like each other. Don't take that out. One of my sons one time, older, he called me and he said, Dad, I need to talk to you. I said, speak on. And he says, I'm going to get in a fight today. And I said, okay. Do you want to tell me about it? He said, well, um, he started. I said, so is this a just cause? And he said to me, well, a, a friend of mine is being bullied. I asked the guy to stop. And then he pushed me and he, he threatened us all. And he said, it's just, it's got to stop. I said, okay. I said, so it's a just cause in your mind. Yes, sir, it is. I said, okay. I said, well, then you do what you need to do. I said, but here's the other side of the coin. If, 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 if the cops come, I'm not coming to get you. That's your, if it's a just cause, it's a just cause. I'm not going to come get you. And if the coaches find out and kick you off the team, I said, then you're going to be kicked off the team and I'm not rescuing you. It's got to be just enough to do this. I said, so, you know, um, I said, fight fair, fight right, and go, go be a dude. And so he did. And he got beat black and blue. But the good news is, so the other guy. And the crazy swords, they, the coaches came, got onto them all. <laughs> this is so great. They made those two boys hold hands and <laughs> run like 100-yard dashes 100 times. And it was resolved. Okay? Now, you, you can totally disagree with my morals and ethics there. Ethics. Um, I have men. Okay? And I'm not pressed that too hard. I, I, I'm just, I'm just, there's, there, you have to recognize the cultural tendency that's at play today to erase all this from our boys. So go back, they need to work. They need to work at home. 
They need to do chores. They need to mow the yard. They need to be able to handle a grass trimmer and know how to turn one on. They need to know where the gas goes in, how to, how to pull the choke. They need to clean out a garage, trim trees and bushes. They need to work in the flower beds. They know how to plant a tree and weed a garden. I could, I could give you an exhaustive list. They can, they can do the dishes. I could add some domestic things in. It's not wrong for boys to do either. But the point is that they need to have some competency. And I'm going to tell you why in a moment. They need to know what a socket wrench is. They need to know the difference between a screw and a bolt, a crescent wrench and an Allen wrench. They need to be able to change the oil of the car and check it. They need to know where the radiator fluid goes in. And if it's low, what it does to an engine. Because I know. You get the idea? Now, let me, let, let, me, let me tell you why I think these things are important. I don't know those individual competencies make a man, but competency plus character gives courage. It gives confidence. Now, I'm telling you, a man has to have those two things. He has to have Courage, courage and be a man go almost synonymously in the Bible over and over and over. And if a man, if he has no competency, he's going to have less confidence and then therefore less courage to navigate this world. But if a boy can navigate the garage and, and, and work some mechanical devices, he, he can go on to other things in the world that are more important than that with a measure of confidence. He'll learn to stand up and, and, and be bold. These things engender character qualities that boys and men need to be good at. A level of mastery in any area of life. You choose something different than I would. Brings a confidence and a boldness to face challenges that all of us know life's going to bring one day. As boys get older, they should take on bigger jobs and more responsibility. They can work part-time at home and a real job. They should pay for their own gas, most of their clothes. They should learn what it is to work with other people and teamwork. Too much social isolation absolutely is bad for any of us. They have to navigate like Daniel did some environments that aren't purged of all that's, that's has evil in it. That's where you come home and talk to them and you guide them. They need to grow in these areas. Now, I'm going to build on this, area, on this idea a second. I've got to hurry. When boys develop mastery, they grow in confidence and courage. And, 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 and so, just mastery. Let me do this. Just mastery. Boys need discipline and mastery. So, like, boys should make their bed every day. Mastery. They don't want to. Okay, look here, Mom and Dad. We don't care what they want. Now, as they get older, we do. But because they want five cookies don't mean we give them five cookies. And because making their bed is hard doesn't mean we let them go. In other words, I don't want to, but you're going to. There's mastery over self in time. It's a basic life skill that, that they should know how to do. Daily chores. Learning some restraint. Um, Mastery, mastery over self in every way that we can think about that. You can't watch that much TV. That's too much time on video, on the video games. You're on your phone too much, do something else. 
Idle time, the Bible says in Ezekiel 36, it's the devil's workshop, my paraphrase. And they need to learn some mastery. Um, there's all kinds of ways, moms and dads, for your sons. I'm not going to tell them what to master. I'm saying they should, they should learn to be proficient at something. So tonight, I came in and uh, Sarah Davidson grabbed me and she said, Peter got his helicopter license today. I hope that's public knowledge because it is now. But he got it. Well, he was already, he's already an accomplished pilot. Where's Peter? Where you at, Peter? There he is. So, you know, when Peter was 15 and 16, turning 15 and 16, Peter learned to fly a plane. I know because he flew me in a plane. It scared me to death, but he did it. And to this day, he's the most competent pilot I've ever been around. But there was some wisdom in his mom and dad's choice because Peter learned to a skill set, and I mean a literal skill that, in my opinion, has helped mold him into the man that he is. In other words, Peter's a help of the church, he's a leader, he speaks out, he has a competency that led to a confidence that allows for a courage, he has mastery that he has now translated into a lot of areas of life. He's mastered finances, he's mastered a lot of areas of his life, and I'm going to say in part it's because he did that. Daniel has his boys in Kung Fu. No, it's not that. It's uh, not Taekwondo, Jiu-Jitsu, right? So Daniel's boys, little boys are in Jiu-Jitsu and they're learning some self-mastery. They get out there, they get aggressive, they have to pull back, and they, they're learning a skill, they learn some mastery of their own body. I, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, my sons were involved in, in athletics. I, I put them in some MMA fighting so they would learn how to control their emotions and they could throw a punch and take a punch so they, they could restrain themselves. Um, John, John's dad put him in. Uh, he learned all kinds of skills as a young man. John Monterosian is the most useful human being on the earth. <laughs> is that not true? Okay, where'd that come from? Well, when he was a young man, he, he learned to, how to do, work with electricity. He learned how to build things. If you look at John Monterosian, is he not a man? Yes. Is he not a leader? Yes. Does he not have confidence, courage? He has all those things, and he's teaching his boys the same thing. You follow what I'm saying here? In the days that may have been farming or whatever else, I, I'm not telling you it has to be the things that I might choose, but you need to think about that. It could be music competency. It could be a lot of areas, but boys need to go into an area and not be the best, but have some mastery. They need some technical competency. They need some vocational competency. They ought not be going to college and, and know how to work with their hands or not have a life skill or whatever else. Life doesn't always the way that you want to go. And you ought to be thinking about some vocational competencies. I like the idea of physical athletic competency. I, I, there's boys who are fit and can do things. There's just a level of competence, a courage that comes with that. I think there should be some adventure competency. We, we take our, COVID got off base, but we took our teens on a foreign mission trip every two, two years for two reasons. Two reasons. Number one, lamentations. Uh, my eye has affected my heart. These kids went to places and saw how fortunate they were and how some of the other world lives. And they came back and had a heart for missions. It made them more humble, more thankful. They got a vision. Number two, they had to get on an airplane. 
Half the kids had never been on one. They were terrified of an airplane. Half our kids thought we were going to leave them at the security check-in. When they came back through customs, they thought they were going to be trapped in Ecuador or whatever. Like, they, they were facing some challenges they never had. Now, look here. They faced a challenge. They flew on a plane. We watched some kids cry, putting their foot in the ocean. They were so terrified. You remember that? Terrified. Hadn't seen the ocean. We were afraid of the ocean. But we made them get in the ocean. This was in Fiji. And all of a sudden, you, you just, it's like watching a flower grow. It was a competency. Is that a competency? I'm going to call it an adventure competency. They had courage. It changed them. It grew them up. Kids need more of that in their life. You can do a thousand ways, take them on a hike, you ride bikes with them, whatever, but not too tame. I think there's a danger there. Traveling, hiking, motorcycle riding, whatever you want to do, you need to think about that. I, I have an opinion. I'm sharing lots of them tonight. Do you know why, you know why I think boys in particular love video games so much? I think it is a poor substitute for the adventure that they crave. Real adventure. It's mastery. What level are you on? I'm on level 5,462. Okay. What, what, what's the thing there? It's mastery. It's the adventure that they don't live in the real world. I'm going to go master fighting these people because they never wrestled on a mat. I'm going to go shoot these people because I never shot a gun in the right way. Are you guys with me? Okay, you don't have to agree with me, but don't you think about the point? Okay. They, they need to have some of these kind of things. I, I think video games and TV, I, I think lots of things I'm not going to say, are just really poor substitutes for a life that God intended. The Bible says um, those who know their God would do exploits. And maybe we need to be better at having more exploits in life. And then I think the idea of completion competency um, I'm making all these up because they make sense to me. And that, that means they need to learn to do hard things and finish them. This morning I got up early and went on a walk. My family got me in, is it called an iWatch, right? iWatch? And one thing about iWatch is that it tells me exactly how many steps and miles I've walked. So today I was walking and I had a goal of walking uh, three miles. And I, so I'm going to walk aggressively three miles. So I'm, I'm walking and I'm looking at my watch and it says I'm at two. And it was getting hotter. But it said two, and I said three. So I kept walking. I got to two and a half, and I was close to the house. But I said three. I walked a little bit longer. It was 2.94. <laughs> but I said three. So I did three. So let's set up, like, calorie burns and all this stuff. So I set it up. And this may be really weird to you. Because I said those numbers, I'm going to do those numbers. Well, I'm just going to lower the numbers. <laughs> we'll be reasonable. That's a poor way to live life. Kids start something. In all reasonable circumstances, they should finish something. We make pledges. In the Baptist Church, we make pledges. We finish pledges. We complete them. If we say we're going to be there, 
we're going to be there. Hot, cold, difficult, easy, makes no difference. The Bible talks about um, we should swear to our own hurt. Completion competency. We do what we say we're going to do. And we're not afraid of hard things um, because we're going to be able to get through those. And I, I could go on and on about that. But I, I think we need to teach kids to do some things that are a little maybe bigger than they might want to and teach them to do it, and they can. We did that with hiking with our kids. We take them hiking. we got to finish. No, we're going to get to the top. I'm tired. We're going to get to the top. Can we turn back? No, we're going to get to the top. We get to the top. It was a party. And kids need more of that. And I'm going to finish with this one. Our boys need the skill set to become leaders. To become leaders. By leaders, here's what I mean. Positive influence and involvement. Positive influence and involvement. Young men need to learn to be more involved. In what? Everything. We have too many people who are passive in the pew. Too many people who watch other people do the work. Boys need to get involved, and that probably means that dads need to get involved. A leader makes a difference. It's not a role. It's not a position. A leader makes a difference. He, he, he changes the scorecard. He gets involved. He volunteers. He becomes responsible for something. Um, he's, the, he's one of the first ones to step out. Who's going to mow the yard? I will. Who's going to help clean up? I will. Well, that's what I'm talking about, leadership. Who's going to help us get this done? I will. Who's going to stack chairs? I will. And I'm getting ahead of myself. If they're watching dads do that, they're probably going to do that. But if they watch dads sink out the back door every time, eh. A leader is someone who sees the need and takes the lead. Cliche, but I like it. A leader gets out of the, out of the margins and into the fray. Um, he, a leader learns to speak. This old phrase, you know, this old, listen, um, I, I preached for probably five years before I stopped being nervous up here. And now I probably could be more nervous. It would probably help me. But um, I was afraid every time I got up here for, for years. Okay? You get up here. Someone asks you to teach. I'm not very good at it. We're asking you to be willing. A leader. Um, that's what leaders do. They accept responsibility. They step out. They volunteer. They, they, they're involved in areas of life. That's clubs, school, church, community. They just get involved and make things happen. Um, and again, the idea here, I, one of my life verses, my son, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. They learned this competency of leadership from their dads. I could go on and on, but I think I've communicated the principle tonight. All this obviously works for daughters. Teach them to be good, truly, biblically, morally, ethically good. And then teach them to be good at being ladies and moms and dads and fathers and Christians. They need to learn to translate their Christianity into real life skill and deploy it there. Um, we need to develop in our children a functional Faith. A functional faith, not just a theoretical one. Okay? 
Let me ask you to stand tonight. And I'm going to ask you to consider the premise. And I, I, Angel, I need to play a piano tonight. We're not going to do that kind of invitation tonight. I don't think this one merits that. Um, I just want you to think about the idea of being intentional about depositing life skill. Let me, let me say, how many of you have gone to school or college and said, they didn't teach me anything I really I need to know in life? We go through 12 years of education and no one ever handed me a checkbook. You with me? How many of you, <laughs> how many of you 50 and older used a checkbook? Okay, you get the idea. Young men go to Bible college. I'm not against Bible colleges. They learn a hundred things, but, how, but not how to administrate, not how to lead, not really how to have compassion. There's lots of here. And mom and dads, we, we can't just hope our kids get these life skills. Not anymore. The, cultural, the culture used to support the capital. There's no capital in the culture anymore. And if you're not intentional about masculinity, femininity, some of these things that you're going to interpret in a different way than I am, then don't assume the culture is going to give it to them. Those are tools that you as mom and dads need to give them.